Good morning, church. My uh, wife, Joyce, always introduces me to people as her redneck cowboy preacher. (laughs) You know, I've spoken to many churches, well, several churches down through the years, and people say, how do you know when you're in a redneck church? I said, when the preacher says, Bubba, y'all gathered to help with the collection, and five men and three women stand up. And then when they pass the plate, and you look at it, it's a 57 Chevrolet hubcap. <laughs> you pretty much know you're in a redneck church. Laughter is good medicine, folks. Proverbs 17:32 says, "A cheerful heart is a good medicine." And I've always said laughter is good medicine. Now I'm not trying to be a comedian, but I do think we all need to laugh. You don't realize what you look like when I'm standing up here looking at you. Huh? So you laughed. You know, I just let's think another day. Twenty third of next month, I will be eighty five. You know, you really know when you're getting old when you. Get in your rocking chair and you can't get it going. (laughs) And you start burning the midnight oil at 8 p.m. Or your belt won't buckle, but your knees will. And if you look in your little black book, it contains more names ending with M.D. Even dialing long distance wears me out. And the thing that really aggravates me about old age is when I get a delicious steak and I sit down and I bite into it and that's where my teeth stay. (laughs) Mercy. As you know, some of you know, some of you know me, Some of you don't know me. Some of you probably wish you didn't know me. But Joyce and I, we're still newlyweds. We've only been married just a little bit over a year. And I've been concerned about her hearing. And I thought maybe she needs hearing aids. So I I wasn't sure how to approach her, so I went to our family doctor, and he says, it's a simple way to see if she needs hearing aids or not. You get about 40 feet from her, and you say in a normal voice something, and then she doesn't respond, 
you go to 30 feet and she still doesn't respond you go to 20 feet and so on until you get a response from her well the other evening she was cooking dinner in the kitchen and i was in the den i thought oh this is a good time i'm about 40 foot away i said honey what's what's for dinner didn't get no response so i walked a little bit closer to her about 30 feet or so, and I said, Honey, what's for dinner? They were gonna, didn't get a response. So I went to about 20 feet and I said, Honey, what's for dinner? No response. I thought, this is not good. So I walked on up just maybe 20 feet close to the kitchen. I said, honey, what's for dinner? Still no response. This was really frustrating me. So I went into the kitchen and I stood right behind her and I said, honey, what's for dinner? You'll love this. She says, Elwood for the fifth time, chicken. <laughs> That's almost the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, women always say us men have selective hearing. <laughs> so this this could be true. All right, and do you feel good? Hey, you had a little laugh, do you? Okay. So let's get to the seriousness of why we're here. We've had some some good singing. Some good music. Well, piano playing was good. I'll never tell what's in this jar. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about a dangerous foe. In James chapter 7, and James chapter 4 and verse 7 says, So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, for something, someone to devour. You know, there are two powerful forces in this world. There are the forces of right and wrong, or there are the forces of good and bad. Well, I choose to call the forces of God and the forces of the devil. Of course, the number one power in this world is God. But the number two power in this world is Satan. And though he manages to fight for second place in my life and yours, God is the victor in my life. 
I would be nothing without him. Amen? The most dangerous enemy is the one who thinks he has nothing to lose. That's the devil. He should have known his plan was doomed to fail when he led one-third of the angels in heaven to rebel against God. He should have known that his limited strength was hopelessly overmatched by God. But he was blinded by pride and a lust for power. His defeat was swift, but not quite final. So he bided his time, waiting for another opportunity. He saw a glimpse of hope when God created the human race, giving each the gift of free will that God gives to each person. Satan coaxed Adam and Eve into defying the Creator's command to eat, not eat from the Pacific tree in the Garden of Eden. The enemy of God no doubt celebrated his role in the failure of mankind. With every sin, Satan gained power and influence. In the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Satan is referred to as the God of this world. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, he's referred to as the prince of the power of the air. In John chapter 12 and verse 32, he is referred to as the ruler of this world. But then came the Son of God, Jesus' birth marked the beginning of the end of Satan's reign, whether he was aware of this or not, or whether he realized it or not. Jesus came to the earth as fully God and fully human. He experienced the same kinds of trials and tribulations that each one of us experiences. Yet Jesus never once succumbed to his trials. He never once gave in to temptation. Just before Jesus started his public ministry, three times the devil tempted Jesus to veer from the course that God had set for him. Three times Jesus rebuffed Satan by quoting God's word. It would be the first of several times 
that the devil would be defeated. Jesus lived a sinless life. In doing so, he broke the power of sin and Satan forever. After he gave his life to save the world, Jesus rose from the dead. In doing so, he broke the power of death, which was Satan's ally forever. Jesus' sinless life, sacrificial death, and triumphant resurrection ended the war between God and Satan. Satan was defeated. However, he remains free to do battle until God's final judgment. And that's what makes him such a dangerous, dangerous force. He has nothing to lose. He wants to do as much damage as he possibly can while he can. Ultimately, however, God's power is our in our lives keeps us or keeps the enemy in check. Satan can mislead us, but he can't overcome us. God has won the victory in our lives if we know him as Lord and Savior. The only thing Satan can do is celebrate. The ce well, has, he can disrupt the celebration. Okay. Now let's talk more about you. Which side of the fence are you on? Are you on God's side or are you on Satan's side? There's an old saying that you have been saved but you're in a backslidden condition. Today is the day for you to stop riding the fence and get things right with God. Amen? Now, if you don't know my Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day to get on the right side of the fence. You don't have a promise for tomorrow. None of us do. It's what we do today that counts. And just a little bit, I'm going to give an invitation. The altar will be open. Your pastor will be here. I will be here to talk with you, to pray with you, whatever. Don't leave this building until you have things right between you and God. You want God's church to grow? Do you? It's up to you. It's up to you. 
the pastor can't do it all. He needs your help. So confess your sins and pray, pray, pray. Did you hear that? Confess your sins and pray, pray, pray. Your pastor needs all the help he can get. Well, some folks out there say, well, we ought to do this, or we ought to do that, or we'll do whatever. <laughs> well, my answer to that is opinions are like backsides. Everybody's got one. Pray for your pastor. Pray for God's church. To grow is to work together in prayer and hard work. First, and most of all, know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Second, get out of that backslidden position. Third, work together as a team for God's church. Fourth, don't let Satan win. Don't let Satan win. You know, Satan has, has put this world in a terrible, terrible shape. He knows his time is short, and he knows in the end he's not going to win, but he's trying to carry as many to hell as he can. Don't let that happen. You hear me? Don't let that happen. Start today as God's church by getting yourself right with the Lord. Confess your sins. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you don't know him. Roll up your sleeves and get to work. Get to work. So now let's get down to one and one. Where are you today? Are you letting Satan tell you what to do? Once the devil looks on the one, uh, one of your vulnerable areas, though it, if it be temptation or whatever, you're at a disadvantage. If you don't let God be on your side, You've got to walk and talk with him every day. You get up and go to school, you get up and go to work, you get up and just do whatever you do, 
But is God a part of that? Why not? Then do you realize why you're having so many problems? Because you don't make God a part of it. I've used this illustration before. I, one time I was trying to take a wheel off of a, a farm tractor and I, I had big long bar trying to break the nuts on the holding of the wheel on. I couldn't. I stood on it. I jumped on it. And I just sat down and I said, Lord, I need your help. And I, I had my head bowed and I, oh, I just raised my eyes up and I was looking right at a welder. And I went over and got a welder, heated them nuts, and they just popped right loose. And I said, thank you, Lord. I got him involved in my life. We don't do that now, do we? We don't do that. Why? Just like I said a while ago, don't let that happen. This is not going to be a much over a two-hour sermon now. Just kidding. Bow your heads right now. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. I feel the spirit in this church today. There is someone here that does not know my Savior as the Lord and Savior. I don't know who that person is, but God knows he's dealing with you. I don't want you to leave this building until you get things right with him. There's no promise of tomorrow. Nobody's going to beat up on you. Nobody's going to make fun of you. Do you know him as your Lord and Savior, but you are walking afar off? You know what happens to fence riders? They get splinters. You've got to get on God's side of the fence. Today is the day. Work with your pastor. Pray for this church. This church has great opportunities. I pastored this church for several years. It is the sweetest church in this community. Don't let it die. You get things right with God today. You know, when you get to heaven, there's not going to be Baptist, Methodist, Catholic brethren. There's only going to be those that know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want you to be there. We all want you to be there. Father, thank you for being number one in my life. Thank you for defeating Satan through the sacrifice of your Son. 
help each of us to minimize Satan's power in our lives by staying close to you and your word. In Jesus' name, amen.